This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, here today with Kamel King. And as we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state, letting you know about places, people, and events that make Mississippi great. On today's show, we'll talk with... Kai Harris of the Southern Freedom Project about their latest production, Crumbs from the Table of Joy. Then we're off for a Jackson City tour with Jane Halbert Jones of More Than a Tourist. Next, we'll speak with Patrick Welsh about considering Matthew Shepard and in our trip with musical guest Keisha Pratt of the Keisha Pratt Band. So hold on tight because we're going for a ride here on Next Stop Mississippi. We'll be right back after the news. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller of Mississippi Today, joined as always by Visit Mississippi's Kamel King. And we're here for an hour of all things Mississippi. We're traveling across the state today, bringing you the best of what's happening this weekend and into next week. So another great day on Next Stop Mississippi. Kamel, it's great to see you as always. You know it's the best part of my week, right? It is the best part of the week. It really is. To see you and talk to these wonderful listeners. Well, absolutely. Kamel's always doing something interesting, so our Friday mornings are really just like a catch-up from what's happened Friday to Friday. So I hope you've had a good week. It's been a great week. I've uh, been working on the Chicago Chicago Blues Festival, uh, Memphis in May, two uh, wonderful festivals that Visit Mississippi is going to be a part of this year. So that's what we've been working on this, this week. It's going to be awesome. And that's all about blues tourism and taking that Mississippi story out to the people. Exactly. Right to their front doorstep where they can see our story, and they love it already. Everybody has a Mississippi story or somebody who lives here that they are relatives with. Absolutely. Well, and speaking of blues stories, we've got a, bl- a great blues musician um, as a guest on the show today, Keisha Pratt oh, of the Keisha girl. Pratt Band. Now, Kamel, you know Keisha much better than I do, but give our listeners a little sneak about what they are uh, what they can expect in this interview. Ooh, she is on fire. I mean, but she always has been. She is a wonderful songstress, wonderful songwriter, She's been grinding a long time, a lot of ups and downs, and she's taken them all on the chin and has gone on to win this year's International Blues Challenge in Memphis with her band. And, I mean, nobody deserves it better than Keisha Pratt. Wow, very cool. Well, we won't spoil our interview because there's going to be lots to talk about with Keisha Pratt later in the show. As you know, we always do our music interviews towards the end of the show, so stay tuned with us. Stay with us until about 1045 when you can hear Keisha talk about her own music and winning this outstanding honor uh, just about a month ago. Yes, so um, excited about that. We're also talking about two different performances taking place in Mississippi this weekend. One is centered around the civil rights movement. The other is centered around LGBTQ rights and um, and, the, and the story of Matthew Shepard, a really powerful story um, that took place about 20 years ago. 1998 was the year Matthew Shepard was murdered. And until I began researching this great uh, play that's coming to both 
Hattiesburg and Oxford. I had forgotten the power of that story. And now I tell you, man, I'm, I've been a little upset this morning mm-hmm. doing that research, but we'll hear more about that with Patrick Welsh and looking forward to that. But on the line this morning, joining us from Sunflower, Mississippi, we've got Kai Harris. He's the director of operations with the Sunflower County Freedom Project. Hi, Kai. Hey, how y'all doing? We're doing excellent. Well, listen, when I was reading about this project, I mean, I was just enamored with the structure of it, Uh, you know, how you are just penetrating the community, getting to these kids early. So please just give us an introduction about the Freedom Summer as well as uh, the entire project that you are working on. Uh, Definitely. Um, So the South Florida County Freedom Project, uh, we are a year-round after-school and summer youth leadership program. Um, and the program is founded based on the history and spirit of Mississippi Freedom Summer of 1964. Um, and our mission is really to, you know, create a corpse of academically capable, socially conscious, and mentally disciplined leaders in the Mississippi Delta. Um, and so, you know, we believe that education is the seed of freedom. Um, and so, you know, we work to achieve that mission by providing academic enrichment, arts exposure, educational travel, character development, and, of course, college prep. Um, So, you know, I think reaching the whole student is sort of a huge part of our model um, in that, you know, we understand that we want our students to be academically prepared, to be competitive with their peers nationwide, um, but we also, you know, understand the importance of having diverse experiences and having, you know, great character skills. Um, and so, yeah, so our program sort of falls into two buckets, which is Freedom Summer and then our school year programming. Um, and so for Freedom Summer, basically we recruit students as rising seventh graders. Um, and then there's an intense five-week program where they take a reading class, a math class, and a rhetoric or a public speaking class mm. each day. Um, we put them in the garden to work in our garden. We, you know, uh, do a fitness class each day. Um, and that goes on for about five weeks. And then we end the summer with uh, two camping trips um, where we go and, you know, visit colleges, visit different civil rights landmarks. Um, and then we cap the summer off with a week spent on the University of Mississippi's campus. Um, and it's sort of like our college immersion experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's for our 7th through ninth graders. And then for our 10th through 12th graders, what I think is super cool um, is we have partnership with a program called Freedom Summer Collegiate. Um, and basically what they do is they recruit and train uh, doctoral candidates uh, from a variety of universities, and they come down for the summer and teach college-style seminars for our 10th through 12th grade students. Um, and, you know, it's a huge focus on increasing their ACT scores, and sort of getting them prepared for, you know, the reading and writing that they'll need to be successful in college. Um, And so that's our summer programming. Uh, And then throughout the academic school year, um, we have the same sort of breakup in that it's two fellowships. Um, So we have our LEAD fellowship, which is our seventh through ninth graders, which has a huge focus on sort of developing those literacy skills. Um, And then for our 10th through 12th graders, we have a separate fellowship, which is called our lead collegiate fellowship and the focus there is really on sort of college and career readiness um yeah and so you know a typical week (laughs) during our program includes a little bit of everything you know we have a fitness class on monday nights 
Tuesday nights are our sort of novel studies and book club classes. Uh, you know, we have different artists that come in on Wednesdays and teach art classes, everything from visual arts to uh, African drumming and dance. Uh, Thursday night is when uh, we have our college prep class. Each staff member runs a club. Mm. Um, so, you know, a little bit of everything in a typical week. And then whenever our Freedom Fellows, that's what we call our students, whenever they're on break from school, then they're not done with us. We pack up our vans and we hit the road for our educational trip. Um, you know, so we were in Atlanta for Thanksgiving um, and we're gearing up to head to D.C. in March for our spring break trip. That's fantastic. Now, wow. I, I love how you call uh, the students that participate in the Sunflower County Freedom Project your fellows. I mean, I think that mm-hmm. really captures the commitment and also the level of excellence that these kids are aspiring to. And uh, such a cool program you have. I think one that um, a lot of people will be interested to learn more about. And as you mentioned, you guys are doing leadership, you're doing literacy, you're doing um, physical education. But what we want to chat with you about this morning specifically is is your drama program. Yeah, let's talk about drama. Um, so I definitely don't have a you know strong theater background, um, but you know that's sort of like a part of the work you learn as you go. Uh, so this is my second year directing our drama program, um, and I think we we've been pretty successful. So basically, each spring we put on a full length production um, that focuses on issues of civil rights, social justice, the black experience, or coming of age. Um, and we perform it at locations all across the state and mostly in February um, as a part of our celebration of Black History Month. Um, and then we've been fortunate enough in the past to take our show on the road um, as a part of our spring break trip to Texas. And we perform in Houston, Austin and Dallas. Um, but this year we decided we wanted to try a new trip destination. And so we're going to go to D.C. instead of Texas. So we won't be taking our show on the road this spring um <laughs> but yeah so you guys want to know about crumbs or that's yeah. right so so the uh the performance that you guys are are uh that you have been performing for the past little while now is called crumbs from the table of joy this mm-hmm. saturday is is the last performance of the series uh and it's at two o'clock at jackson state university uh kofo center there on the jsu campus uh tell us a little bit about about this play about the plot Sure. Uh, so Crowns on the Table of Joy, is, first off, is by Lynn Nottage. Uh, it is set in Brooklyn in 1950, um, and it centers around the Crump family from Pensacola, Florida. Um, and so it sort of opens uh, with the, the narrator reflecting on the death of Godfrey's wife. Godfrey is the father. Um, so after the recent death of his wife, Godfrey packs up his two daughters and moves them from the rural south to Brooklyn, New York. Um, And as a part of this move to New York, Godfrey really tries to sort of reinvent his image by, you know, living a super religious and, like, very conservative lifestyle. Um, Mm -hmm. But soon after the family is sort of getting settled in Brooklyn, uh, Godfrey's sister-in-law, so, uh, you know, dead wife's sister, uh, her name's Lily, she finds the family and moves in with them. Uh, and so Lily really represents a lot of the things that Godfrey wanted to leave behind in Florida, which you can imagine causes a lot of drama within the household. Um, and so that all comes to a head. Uh, Godfrey leaves and eventually comes back having married a white German immigrant. 
which adds an entire, you know, another layer of dysfunction to the family dynamic. Um, and the play is a memory play. And so that means that, like, everything that happens is, like, not happening in real time. It's all sort of, like, recollections from the eldest daughter's memory. Mm. Well, I love that uh, the main characters in this play are, are teens. They're mm-hmm. they're young people, and, and you have young people uh, performing this play. Talk a little bit about your cast, how many members you've got, and uh, what our listeners can expect when they come out for a performance. Yeah, well, you know, first off, when they come out, you know, I think our goal is to sort of make you think critically and, you know, also, you know, make you laugh and have a good time. Uh, so, you know, hopefully that's what folks can expect when they come out to see our show. Um, and I, you know, I think a large part of why I chose this play is because it just fit perfectly with our group of students. Um, so we have, you know, four female actresses and then one male, um, which fit perfectly for the cast because you have Godfrey, who's the father, and then you have his two daughters and you have the sister-in-law, Lily, and then his, uh, wife, Gerte. Um, yeah. So that's that's the cast. There uh, we have two seniors, um, and then we have a ninth grade student. We have actually we have an eighth grade student, a ninth grade student, and a tenth grade student. Yep. Wow. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Well, Kai, I just want to congratulate you on a job well done. Uh, just reading about the Freedom Project, I know if I had a seventh grader, I would be knocking your door down to get my daughter in there. So um, just keep doing the wonderful job that you're doing, and. and and just the complexity of it is what is needed in your community and the entire world's community. So big, big uh, handshakes to you. Absolutely. I appreciate it. That's right. We, we've been speaking with Kai Harris. He's of the Sunflower County Freedom Project. They're a nonprofit based in Sunflower County, Mississippi. And uh, they're performing Crumbs from the Table of Joy. This is a performance about coming of age in a racially divided world. It's on. Uh, it's going to uh, be live this Saturday at 2 p.m. at the COFO Civil Rights Education Center. That's on the JSU campus, 1017 John R. Lynch Street in Jackson. It's time for us to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll speak with Jane Halbert Jones about the Jackson City Tour by More Than a Tourist. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. 
For moments in black history, we highlight the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum. For too long, others have told the story of Mississippi, but on December 9, 2017, the museum opened its doors to share its own stories of a movement that changed the world. The Mississippi Civil Rights Museum promotes a deeper understanding of the civil rights movement by refusing to sugarcoat history and highlighting the strength and sacrifices of its people. This has been MPB's Moments in Black History. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller of MississippiToday.org here with Kamel King. You're listening to all of us. This is a piece from Considering Matthew Shepard, a performance by Conspiriari that's coming to Mississippi next week. Uh, beautiful choral wow. performances um, that you just mm. Uh, mm. don't want to miss. We've got Patrick Welsh in the studio with us today here to tell us more about Considering Matthew Shepard and the two performances coming to Mississippi. Welcome, Patrick. Hey, thanks for having me, Mary Margaret. Well, Matthew, for anybody that don't, doesn't know who Matthew Shepard is and, you know, uh, and about his story, please introduce the story to them. Well, Matthew Shepard uh, was a 21-year-old student at the University of Wyoming in Laramie. And when he was 21, he was um, beaten and tied to a fence and left for dead, and he spent six days in a coma. And he died in De- uh, October 12th, 1998. Um and his mother really picked up the torch to carry on the his legacy and the importance of equality and human rights. And the Matthew Shepard and James Beard Jr. Hate Crimes Prevention Act was named for him, which Obama signed into law to expand hate crime in 2009. Wow. You know, yeah. I've... Um... I really enjoyed learning more about considering Matthew Shepard, this performance that's coming to Mississippi next week. And we'll talk about specifics there. But as I was preparing for this morning's show, 20 years um, since this hate crime took place, and I was a young woman then, still in high school, um, I think it was the first hate crime I remember as yeah. as a as a young person that made national news. And it's, it's still such a haunting and terrible and terrifying um, story. Uh, but what um, Conspiriari has done with considering Matthew Shepard is create this choral exploration of both his life, of his murder, and um, and the story that surrounds all of that. So uh, there, it is about suffering and pain, but also about coming back to love. That seems to be a central theme in the work. Absolutely. it's It, it really shows Matthew Shepard as who he is as a person, not just a civil and human rights icon. Mm-hmm. Um but the overall message is certainly anti-hate and how love conquers hate and forgiveness and the power that forgiveness has in, in an individual and as a society. And, um, yeah, it's just a beautiful piece of work that Craig Hella Johnson, the composer, did. And um, I'm so happy that it's coming to Mississippi. 
Now, I think the story is told very uniquely. I mean, with this tapestry of musical mixtures, I mean, how how was it put together like this? And what made you choose, you know, this way of telling it? Um, well, Craig Hella Johnson, he's a Grammy winning um, composer and he is the founder and artistic director of Conspiriari. And he um, reached out to Matthew Shepard's mother, Judy Shepard, and um, she was very instrumental in helping him with some of his journals and diaries, getting to know uh, more about who Matthew was as a person Wow! in Matt's life. And so he really took it. And he's an interesting composer, and he really puts music and pieces together in kind of different ways where it really kind of elevates choral music to something new and different for people that aren't necessarily like into choral music. Well, Conspiriari is a virtuoso choir. I mean, this is like a dynamic, uh, as you said, Grammy-winning um, choir. And they'll be coming to Mississippi from Austin, Texas, uh, to perform considering Matthew Shepard. And um, as uh, Kamel alluded to before, this performance really is this incredible tapestry. So uh, the Matthew Shepard um, story, his murder took place in Wyoming. So there's like cowboy poetry. Uh, there's jazz. There's pop music. There's, of course, just this incredible like choral performance. So the, the music is very powerful. Um, Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I believe this is a, is a, this show's about an, an hour and a half. I think it's a hundred minutes. Mm-hmm. It's just over a hundred minutes. And it's, um, it's just an incredible group of people that do it. And an interesting Mississippi connection is one of the tenors for Conspiriari is a professor at uh, Ole Miss and their violinist and kind of the head of their, um, performance is uh, a professor at Southern Mass. And so they have Mississippi connections within Conspiriari, which I think is really cool. Well, and Patrick, you have a strong Mississippi connection. You grew up here in Jackson. You live um, in Colorado now. Why? And you've been a key player in bringing this performance to Mississippi, which uh, the performances are next week, I believe, um, Tuesday in, at Ole Miss at the Ford Center. Correct. In Oxford. And then the following day, Wednesday at USM in Hattiesburg in the Performing Arts Center there. Uh, why was it important to you to get this particular um, uh, story about Matthew Shepard, this particular performance, back to your home state? Yeah. Well, I had first I'd heard of Conspiriari before. And then a few about two years ago, uh, my partner in crime, Beverly Dale, who's also a Mississippi expat, she... Um, asked me to put on a fundraiser for this group because they have written a piece on Matthew Shepard and his life and his death. And she knew that um, I identified with him and he was kind of an important figure in my coming of age story. And as soon as I heard it, I just fell completely in love with it. And we held a fundraiser to underwrite it. And it was filmed at the Moody Theater in Austin and will show nationwide, hopefully, on uh, PBS member stations across the country around the 20th Mm -hmm. anniversary of his death. And then when they announced they were going to tour... Um, they were interested in coming to Oxford. And as soon as I saw they had listed Oxford on there, I wanted them to come to Hattiesburg as well. I went to undergrad at Ole Miss and then grad school at Southern Miss. And um, there's something about their message of love and forgiveness and anti-hate that I just wanted more people in Mississippi to have exposure to LGBT issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, Mississippi is one of the most loving and wonderful places. So I wanted them to have more exposure to LGBT stuff going on because growing up here, it was different. Um, But I I think it's going to be an incredible show. And it really, his music opens up people's minds to have this different perspective. And it's just incredible. 
Well, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I don't know much about musical theater. I don't know much about choral performances, but uh, I was listening to the music this morning through my uh, earbuds. You heard some coming into the interview. It's transformative. And yes. I think um, that we all have experienced the way that art and music um, does create a, a, a language, a way of understanding mm-hmm. um, that you just maybe don't get sometimes in conversation or in uh, just generally soaking up the news and uh, the world around us. Absolutely. And music has some way of just touching your heart and your yeah. soul to really send a message home. Because I can only imagine just the different dynamics and frequencies of the different songs just really bringing you to different emotional points to get the story across. Totally. That is absolutely what happens during the performance. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Now, uh, in addition to the performances, will you guys be engaging your um, audience? Will there be opportunities to have conversation? They they will. Um, At the Hattiesburg performance, the Minoni Center, um, there's going to be a talk back panel after the show, and every, it's open to the public. Everybody can come, and it'll have um, Eric Tribunella. He's going to be our moderator, and um, we'll have Craig Hella Johnson from Conspiriari. He'll be on the panel along Great. with Rob Hill, who is the Mississippi HRC director, and Elizabeth Lance Hill, who is the interim chair of theater and dance at Southern Mass. Fantastic. So yeah, people can ask cool. questions, engage with. You know, everybody that's involved and they can learn more and get involved. It's great. Now, Patrick, will you remind our listeners the, the dates of the performances and where they're taking place? Yeah, so they'll be Tuesday, um, the 27th in Oxford at the Ford Center for the Performing Arts at 730. Um, and then it'll be Wednesday, the 28th in Hattiesburg at 730 at the Minoni Performing Arts Center. That's great. Now, we did mention that Conspiriari is Grammy-nominated. Um, but considering Matthew Shepard, the score for this um, this play is that's not the right word. Um, how, would, how would you describe it i would call it a, a choral performance mm-hmm. instead of a play or a musical i would just call it a choral performance Sure, but it yeah. does take you on a journey i mean it there does. is sort of a, a there's an arc there's a beginning and an end and a whole story that goes with it um but yeah i would just choral performance is what they all seem to call <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, well again, thank you for uh, for joining us today. We are going to um, hear some more music from Considering Matthew Shepard as we go out today. Uh, Patrick, can you give us a website where we might go and uh, find more information, or what should we Google? Uh, well, conspiriari.org has all the information about the group and the composer and their tour dates, but you could also go to the Ford Performing Arts Center's website or the Minoni Performing Arts Center website Excellent. to buy tickets for the show. Wonderful. Well, Michelle's going to take us out with all of us. Another piece from Considering Matthew Shepard. Patrick, thank you for being in studio. Oh, thank you thank both you. so much. I loved it. Well, if you're just joining us, we've been speaking with Patrick Welsh about Considering Matthew Shepard, a choral performance coming to Mississippi next week that you certainly do not want to miss. It is time for us to take another break, but when we return, we'll speak with Jane Halbert Jones of More Than a Tourist about the upcoming Jackson City Tour. This is all on Next Stop Mississippi, and we'll be right back after the break.
you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller of MississippiToday.org, here with my friend and conspirator. Conspiriari. <laughs> Conspiriari. We are so fancy. I know, right? Kamel King, uh, uh, schooling me as always on the different musical genres um, out there in the world, not just in Mississippi, but in the world. Uh, we had a great conversation before the break with Patrick Welsh, who was telling us about Conspiriari, a choral music ensemble out of Austin, Texas, coming to Mississippi next week to perform Considering Matthew Shepard, uh, a three-part performance that is incredibly powerful. I want to encourage folks to uh, go check out availability for seats either in Oxford at the Ford Center or uh, in Hattiesburg at the Performing Arts Center there at USM. So really cool, once-in-a-lifetime uh, once chance really to see this Grammy-nominated performance here in Mississippi. Uh, but in studio, we have our good friend Jane Halbert-Jones. She is is the founder and director of More Than a Tourist. Welcome, Jane. Hey, how are y'all? Jane, <laughs> I've always wanted to tell you, you rock, Jane. Oh, Every time I see you out, you have such a great spirit. Well, thank you. <laughs> I hope so. I just, yeah, I have to have that to keep to stay busy. Uh, right. <laughs> and I continue to stay busy. So. Well, I think yeah. that's like a great way to like start our interview, yeah. really, though. You know, Jane, you have built a business around travel <clears throat> and tourism, and you travel around the world. But you also give a lot of love to your to your hometown mm-hmm. of Jackson, Mississippi. <clears throat> I, I, I do. I really do. I really do love Jackson. I like being from Mississippi. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people. Uh, get down on Mississippi. A lot of people especially get down on Jackson. Mm-hmm. So uh, what creates this passion for you about this place? Well, um, I actually moved back in um, kind of at the beginning of, of 2009. I was living in, in France for three years at that at that time and uh, moved back and was looking for, you know, you know a job, um, which I found, you know, one or two. And I just wasn't very happy doing that. So I was like, how can I continue traveling and, and do travel? And so I came up with more than a tourist while I was working in an, an office from eight to five, which was just not me personally. <laughs> right. And, um, a lot of us do it. Uh-huh. And so I always, you know, wanted to do that. And so I started with taking people over to France and doing groups and things. And my goal in my head was to always do that in, in reverse or do it, you know, both ways or, you know, do tours in Jackson, just, you know, like I would do abroad, but it just took a lot of time to do and to learn of interviewing people and researching. I mean, you can't just do, (laughs) you know, you You can't can't make things up as you go along. along. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because people will call you out, you know, you'll be found out real quick. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and then also you tell one thing and they, people ask questions about, the next step or something maybe related to that. And you're like, Oh man, I didn't. Okay. Let me write that down. I'm about to go, (laughs) I'm about to go, um, read a book or do some research, you know, research on that. So it's taken some time, but I just, there's just that, there was always that passion there of, of wanting to travel. And, and I feel like when I'm doing research or I'm taking people even here in Jackson, I feel like I'm still, I feel like I'm traveling. Mm -hmm. Um, you seeing something new or a new story comes about 
and and for them they are traveling so i mean this is i do things for you know locals as well as people get in touch with me that are coming from outside the state whether that be um still in the u.s or you know outside of the u.s so people will you know come to me and i'll give tours and and stuff and so it's I still feel like I'm traveling when I <laughs> traveling literally in yeah. your own backyard. Yeah. Now, Jane, how did you go from, you know, wanting to be and continue to be a consummate international traveler to taking people internationally and then honing back in on your home and making that an experience for people, you know, because like you said, they are traveling just within their own city. Um, well, so a little bit of that is what I've, you know, kind of just discussed. That's how more than a tourist came to be is that I was actually doing something that I wasn't happy, you know, happy mm-hmm. doing. So I was like, what, what am I good at? But also what, am, what is, you know, my passion. And I, I love entertaining people. Um, as, as, well, as many know of, of managing <laughs> Hallamouse and I also manage underground, underground 119. Yes. Um, as well at the moment also. Um, so I just, I love entertaining people. What, what can I do to make, you know, you happy and make your experience the best that I, that I can. And so I also do that, you know, in my travels. So that was one thing that I knew I enjoyed doing, giving people. And, um, well, and you also offer a great way for people to say, you know, I've always been kind of curious about that, but -hmm. you never really stop. Like, so I worked downtown for almost 10 years and, you know, walked to lunch, would get out for a little break, stretch my legs. And I might wonder about a certain building or find something interesting, but it's not like I went back to my desk and Googled it or tried to find it on the Department of Archives and History website. But that's what you're doing is you're allowing people to be curious about their hometowns or about their capital city. And I, I mean, I actually say that to people, um, and I, it, it, and this is true. Sorry, it's true. But you're always, you always know less about your hometown or where you're living than other places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like you said, you, you know, you're living, you're working, you're doing the grind or, or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, that's not in your routine. And so mm-hmm. I've learned loads and it's just, I mean, it's from, you know, doing research, but in Jack, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was there. Sure. And, yeah. Um, Tell us a few. Uh, now, the Jackson City Tour takes you around um, around the city. You're going into several different neighborhoods. So talk about those neighborhoods and maybe highlight a few of your destinations. Okay. Well, we start with downtown. We start with downtown, and uh, we do a little walk there before we actually get on bus on board the Mississippi Party Bus. And so I've done a few tours aboard the Mississippi Party Bus, um, and it's it's been great. They've been a, a pleasure to work with, um, and so we started downtown walking. Um, and actually, we start with we start and end at Hallamouse. So that's kind of a you know nice. structure that we do. But it's also the the history of Hallamouse. Let me tell mm-hmm. you the history of Patty's Day. People, you know, yeah. people don't realize that there's there's this big rich history behind sure. that. Um, and then, for example, we we go in front of the old Capitol, but instead of talking about the old Capitol building itself, we talk about the architect. Um, and one fun fact that, just to preface this, the last tour I did sold out, and it was all local Jacksonians. Mm. And not everyone knew. Every, they were, you know, So a lot of people kept coming up to me afterwards and saying, I, I learned so much. You know? I'm like, mm-hmm. good, because I have too, you know, researching this. Mm-hmm. But the Capitol building was built by William Nichols, who was an immigrant from Bath, England. And after he... Uh, finished um, the governor's mansion and the state penitentiary and the um, 
old capital, he kind of found himself unemployed. And he did a lot of other work in and around Mississippi. And you know what else he built? That's just this big sort of symbol is uh, the Lyceum at Ole Miss. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. And mm. so a lot of people, you know, didn't know that. He had his hands in a lot of different places in Mississippi. And so it's very interesting to know that that was the, the guy that came up to do that. We also stop in um, uh, Bellhaven, Midtown, and Fondren. And we get off for a little bit of time in each one. Um, and in Midtown, we'll actually be stopping at Jackson and Offbeat. And so people oh, will have great. time, people will nice. have time to go in and actually speak with, um, the, the owners there, you know, why did you, you know, it's kind of like, why did mm-hmm. you choose Midtown? Tell me about your business. And so a lot of what I do as well is I want to kind of show off, you know, other businesses mm-hmm. and, and, and locals, um, it's, so it's obviously not just me talking the whole time, which is, <laughs> which I'm good. sure everybody enjoys. No, now, there's <laughs> a little food involved, too, now. You know there, what I'm asking about the food. There, so it does include, so it is $45, um, but it's a three-hour tour. It includes uh, the tour, the transportation, snacks. I do have, you know, I'll have snacks on board. Um, also, uh, you know, Lucky Town did it last time. I think they are this time. But uh, in Cathead, donate. So there is, you know, alcoholic drinks. There's non-alcoholic drinks. And so it's usually um, some screwdrivers, you know, some wine and beer, you know, as we're traveling and, you know, and, and some food on board as well. So it's it's fun. Lots yeah. of fun. A great, like you said, a great way to meet new people, uh, a good way to kind of mix um, yeah. and see parts of your city that you may not have known about before. So, uh, Jane, tell our listeners uh, where they can go to find out more. I, I don't think we've said the date of the tour yet. Yes. And um, it's Saturday, March the 3rd from 1.30 to 4.30. Um, start and end at Hallamow's. And we do start promptly at 1.30. There are four spots left. Great. So, as I said, the last one sold out. I only take 20 people. Um, so I have, you know, 16 already signed up and paid. So wonderful. And what's that website, Jane? It's, uh, more than a tourist.net. And you can also find all information, um, on Instagram and Facebook as more than a tourist. I continually post about that and other trips that, that I do. Wonderful. Well, Jane Halbert Jones, more than a tourist. Thank you for being in studio with thank us y'all. today. Uh, don't waste any time. Only four seats left on next weekend's, next Saturday's mm-hmm. Jackson City Tour. Now it's time for us to take another break. But when we return, we will welcome musician Keisha Pratt to the show. She's our musical <gasps> guest here. this week. What? <laughs> See, everybody's <laughs> a fan. Everybody's a fan. I would have worn my shirt. <laughs> you don't want to miss what's coming up next on Next Stop Mississippi. for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. 
This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller here with Kamel King. You're listening to the Keisha Pratt Band here on Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio. Now, everybody's going to be disappointed when Michelle fades this music out because you'd much rather listen to Keisha Pratt Band than Mary Margaret Miller, Kamel King Band. (laughs) But that's okay. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time with Keisha Pratt on the show today. Now, Keisha Pratt is is on the lines with us. She's on tour right now, but has taken a moment to join us here on Next Stop Mississippi. Welcome, Keisha. Good morning, good afternoon, all of that. How are you? Is this my sister, Keisha Pratt, on the line? This is is your big sister, Keisha Pratt. What is going on, girl? How you doing? I am fine. Um, I'm happy. I'm overwhelmed. I'm uh, tired. I am exhausted, but this train has to continue to keep riding. Yes, indeed. Well, listen, I mean, of course, you know, I know your history, uh, but for all the listeners who may not know about you, please just give them a quick synopsis of your just your lineage here locally and regionally and nationally and where you are now as a wonderful artist. Okay, well, I am. Uh, I was born and raised in Jackson, Mississippi, the best city and state in the United States, really in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the daughter of a very well-known musician and singer in the capital city of Jackson. Her name is Catherine McCoy Harris, and my lineage goes back to my great-grandparents. So I come from a family of musicians, even on my dad's side. My dad um, was actually a singer at Jackson State. That's where he and my mom met. And um, they did a lot of traveling. They were uh, in the Jackson State Choir. So, of course, you know, during the 60s, they were very, they were a prominent choir during that time. So uh, they got together, and here they made me. And um, I'm a, I, I, I've always been told that I'm nothing like um, what they would have expected that <laughs> a child of my mom and dad would have produced because I'm so radical and so out of the box, and um, even as a little girl, I can remember watching people like Tina Turner and Tom Jones, and you know the performer performers, the entertainers. So I was not—I knew I was not going to be singing classical music, even though I'm classically trained. I went to Tougaloo College under the direction of Mr. Larry Robinson, and so, um, but my 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 path was not going to be classical music um of course the gospel is in me i was raised on gospel music so i still sing gospel music i still love gospel music um but my mission is in the blues so uh that's where i am at this moment that's not that's not where i'm going to be forever understand because i'm so i'm such a um diverse artist, I guess you can say. I guess if that's how you want to put it. Uh, there's a little rock in me. There's a little jazz in me. Um, there's some country in me. And there's some folk. So it's a lot that encompasses Keisha Pratt. Um, back when I was singing in Jackson, I actually been singing since I was like three or four. Mm-hmm. But I didn't professionally start singing until my freshman year of college. I was actually hired by uh, Grace Bumbry who actually received the Kennedy Honors Award. She was, she's still alive, so let me say this. She is a well-known um, opera singer, but she came to Tougaloo College in Jackson State 
and she hired college students to go on tour with her with um, members of the Metropolitan Opera. But what we were doing, we were doing gospels and spirituals. So we were, we went to Switzerland. We were in Germany, and uh, we were, they were sitting in the center of town. After we would perform there, um, my classmates and I would go to the clubs and perform. So we would do all Motown. We would do Michael Jackson. We would do Tina Turner. We we would do Shaka Khan. We would do all of this music after we've done what we were supposed to pay to do. Mm-hmm. So then I think the bug just really, really caught me about being an entertainer. Um, but, of course, you know, you grow up, you, you become an adult, and life happens, and you kind of believe that that's not what you're supposed to be doing. But um, one thing I can say is that whatever God has put in you to do and what he's called for you to do and mission for you to do, you're going to do it one way or another. So, you know, whether um, you do it on your terms or do it on his terms, um, you know, as they say, fall on the rock and the rock won't fall on you. Um, You know, it it just happened for me. I left Jackson in 2011. Um, I actually had been on a sabbatical from singing. Um, I actually um, I had another baby so in 2011, so I just completely stopped singing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought maybe it was time for me to give it up. Um, I had a good run in Jackson. I mean, it mm-hmm. was. I never would have imagined that I could draw as many people in my hometown as I was doing during that time. Um, and I actually felt then that something was going to happen for me, but I guess I was not ready. So I had to go through a, like a wilderness experience. And so I, we moved to Houston, Texas in 2011. In 2016, I got a phone call um, from a gentleman. And um, at first I was like, no, I'm good. I'm not singing. And so he continued to call about two or three months. And he just asked me one question. He said, what are you doing right now that you can't be doing, making money, doing what you love and doing what you know you're supposed to be doing? And I was like, well, I got these kids, blah, blah, blah. He said, but what example would you be setting for your kids if you just completely shut yourself off from the world? Hmm. So I went on and I um, I said yes. So I was actually only supposed to uh, come and compete for the International Blues Competition. And I won for Houston, and we went to Memphis, which in this past January, this past January, and um, out of 264 bands in duo solo acts, um, the Keisha Pratt Band took home the first place win. And... uh, Right. So this was basically... This was basically like, I, I can't even explain to you because this is an international competition. Mm-hmm. So right. Denver, Let us be clear. This is the yes. international yes. blues this is challenge. not local at all. <laughs> so, no. So there were bands from Jerusalem, uh, Alaska. There were bands from Canada. There were bands from France. Um, there were bands from Japan. There were bands from all over the world. And when I tell you that these other countries are playing the blues like they grew up in the Delta. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. For them to be able to study our music the way they have and 
play it with so much feeling. It, it just it blew me away. Well, but, and I, um, I want to ask you about that, Keisha. I watched your performance yeah. on YouTube uh, at the International Blues Challenge at the yeah. Orpheum Theater, an incredible space, a huge stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, a huge stage. Yeah, very huge. Talk about what kind of mental and physical preparation, emotional preparation you do for a show like that. Well, basically, um, the morning of, of when it, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter how big or how small the show is. I always shut down. Um, I, I, it's like I get into this zone, so I don't deal with a lot of, um, I don't deal with a lot of people on that day. I don't really go anywhere, and I'm very much so to myself. And I have to meditate because I have to make sure I'm ready to be before the people because I can't just get before the people and do anything. Mm-hmm. My 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 job is to make sure that whenever I'm on a stage, whatever somebody may be going through or whatever, just for that moment, it is my job to make each and every person in that room, sitting in that theater or in that venue or wherever, to feel like, okay, I'm all right, if it's just for that moment, to forget about whatever was going on. And so for me, I have to be prayed up. You know, um, I I have to exercise. I haven't been doing it like I needed to, but I have to be prayed up. I have to exercise, um, and I have to meditate because I'm responsible for what you all hear and what you all see me do on stage. So I'm I'm the type of entertainer where I just I love the people. I love the people, and I want you all to go home and want more of me. I want you all to go home and be thinking about, did you hear what she said in that song? Sure. Yeah. Now, Keisha, we we are going to um, go. We're running out of time today, but we're going to yes. go out of the show today with uh, your finale performance from IBC okay. and, and let our listeners have that experience that you've just described, that you put so much yes. heart and so much mm-hmm. love into. And, and thank you. Thank you for that. And congratulations thank you. Thank again. Thank you for winning it for Mississippi. So Congrats to you, girl. Yes. Now, I will be in Mississippi at 119, Underground 119. I will be doing their uh, anniversary on March 30th. That's great. Now, that's uh, Underground 119 here in Jackson, March 30th, the one-year anniversary of Underground 119, a great music venue and club. Uh, So, again, Keisha Pratt, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Thank you. I want to thank my uh, co-host, Kamel King, for always being uh, such a great partner on this show, and our producer, Michelle McAdoo, for keeping us on top of things. This is Next Stop Mississippi here on MPB Think Radio. Southern Remedy for Women is up next, but we hope you'll join us again next week for a great trip on Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio. Again, we're going out with the music of Keisha Pratt. She and the Keisha Pratt Band are the 2018 winners of the International Blues Challenge. Congratulations to Keisha. Another great win from Mississippi. Another one.